NFL Network senior writer. Jeff, how's everything going? It's going great, man. It, uh, you know, coronavirus has been uh, in our world for the last two months, so it's nice to see it at least coming to some kind of a conclusion as far as staying at home. Yeah, yeah. How's, how's your family? Is everybody doing okay? Yeah, everybody's been great here, man. It, uh, I live in Kansas City, so it, it hasn't been as, as bad here, obviously, in places like New York or Florida. Yeah. California, so we've been very lucky, but you know, my heart goes to everybody who's been affected by this physically and, and financially. Yeah, it's, it's a really difficult situation all around, and I, hopefully we're getting to, hopefully the, the curve is, I'm not a doctor, I'm not an epidemiologist, hopefully the curve is flattening, just hopefully people are just taking this stuff seriously, and then hopefully we can regain a semblance of what was normal life sooner rather than later, so that's all you can really hope for at this point. But so, so, so off-season now, drafts concluded, kind of waiting on hearing about some of the schedule. Um, just a quick question off the top of your head. What was more embarrassing for Earl Thomas, this new allegation or Derrick Henry spinning him around and twirling him into the out-of-bounds? I would probably say Derrick Henry just because everybody saw that happening. Real <laughs> We're still kind of fuzzy on the details happening at, at his house. And to be honest with you, if it's as – if his wife pulled a gun on him, that's a pretty scary thing to know yeah. about. It was misconstrued. That's a, a pretty scary yeah. thing. But this is also where we live and where TMZ and uh, things happening as far as scandalous things getting reported. It, it's big news. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Derek Henry is something he'll remember a lot better than this last one with his wife. I'm hoping his wife didn't make him rewatch it. That's all I'm going to yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so speaking of the draft, um, is there anybody kind of guys that really weren't – big marquee names that you heard off the top that kind of caught your eye. You're like, I like this fit. Well, I, I, I live in Kansas City. The, the Clyde, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire pick was certainly a great fit for the Chiefs. I thought they would go defensive back or linebacker mm -hmm. that because they had pressing needs on yeah. defense. But he is the guy, when you look at what he did for LSU last year in that offense, pretty wide open offense. He's a very effective runner and receiver. The Chiefs love to use running backs and pass receivers, and Andy Reid's very creative with guys like that. He sees them as a Brian Westbrook type guy, so he's the first person that comes to mind in terms of just like jumping out at me as far as a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody is saying like they only had one pick at the end of the first round. People are like, oh yeah, they won the first round. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we'll see him. <laughs> see him again next year in the Super Bowl. I don't have, I have no objection. It was fantastic. So what, what's the – since you said you're in Kansas City, what's – is the reception – is it even though it's kind of a different climate now with everything going on, are you still walking around to see people in just Super Bowl gear, just still living it up? Uh, I wouldn't say that so much because it's really been hit here as far as – I mean, the coronavirus hit here hard because it's a lot of, uh, you know, people working in the yeah. – restaurant business, the bar industry, service industry. So you see a lot of people who've been really you know, looking for jobs and trying to find a way to pay their bills. And so it, it, in some ways, it feels like it happened like two years ago. Yeah, and, wow. Yeah, even on the news here today, they were talking about, um, you know, showing a scene, a, uh, a picture of Miami Stadium from three months ago when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and it was packed. And now they actually are doing testing for COVID-19 there now. So that's how much the world has changed. Yeah, and I was watching the real sports from, I think, I'm not sure what it was. And it was just showing some, I was showing just some hockey game, some soccer game from, I think, somewhere in Italy. And they were like, yeah, this was the point where, like, they kind of tracked where it all was going. But it's wild. And I know that I saw the one story. It was kind of a spin zone in the Niners' favor saying, like, yeah, it's good that the Niners – it's good. It's good that the Niners didn't win because the parade there, knowing how many people show up, 
during how how everything was kind of going along would have been horrible. I'm like, all right, that's some nice chip on your shoulder stuff. You still lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I see you're uh, you're wearing a Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Right? yeah I know, I'm, I'm a Redskins fan, but the thing is, the thing about the Redskins is. Sundays aren't the best in the afternoon, and then like you kind of get you get excited for April, and then you look towards next April because that's 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 kind of the, the the best two month the best month of the Redskins year. Oh, hopefully, Chase Young got a couple other guys, Antonio Gibson, Gandy Gould from Liberty. I like the draft class. Not expecting too much, but we'll 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 see. We'll see. I think Ron Rivera. I think he's inspiring some hope in the DC fan base, which is good because last year I went to one game and I I was really thinking like you know maybe I should have stayed home. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, the best news coming out of the Redskins so far has been that Project 11 Al Smith documentary. Oh, my God. It was fantastic. And I, I, I think it came, and, and well, it was graphic, and I think people knew it was going to be graphic because some of the pictures and some of the stuff is going to be ingrained in your mind. I think it does it, it kind of inspire hope in a lot of people now, saying that, okay, he's going through a tough situation. It, it, well, it is is horrible it, it doesn't compare to what's going on in the world but i think for people that are going through a tough situation whether that be uh kind of recovering from the covid19 or just recovering from anything that's kind of ill-fitting them right now i think it kind of gives them hope saying okay i can get past this i can get through this i can work harder and i think maybe hopefully it had that some sort of impact on some people but it was fantastic like he said his, his whole mindset was that we're blessed yes. and certainly he's got a certain level of blessing that we're most oh my like, God. yeah you know, on-field success, but yeah, I mean, to be able to go through that and, and spend two months in a hospital and almost lose your leg, life, and it was just like, oh my man, and I know Alex person, I've known him for a long time, so I always respected him and the kind of person he was, but it just went up to a whole different level watching that, what he's gone through. Yeah, I think you can you can tell you can really tell his character level. You can tell that he, he gets it because you you see all you literally go from all right, number one pick. People are like, maybe it should have been Rodgers, and then he gets bounced for Kaepernick after the injury. He doesn't get to play the Super Bowl. Goes on to the Chiefs. Does a little bit well then, and they eventually draft his successor. Moves on to the Redskins. In nine games in, that happens, and he still's got a positive outlook. He's literally like on the operating table. People are like, this is horrible and he's like it's gonna be okay and i'm like All right, this guy gets it this is the guy you want in your corner this guy's a role model for people all around the world i think it's awesome yeah no i agree totally. yeah yeah and then in terms of flipping over flipping sides over to basketball you've been catching last dances any anything kind of caught your attention out of that uh you know what here's my thing that's something all the time when this subject comes up is i grew up in michigan and so and they mentioned this in the, in the third episode of that there's a lot of hatred between the bulls and the pistons Back in those days, I'm a heavy-duty Pistons fan. I have a lot of respect for the Bulls and, and for Michael Jordan, what they accomplished. But, man, it's still hard to sit there and watch it and not think, this is all just a big commercial. This is all <laughs> worshiping of Michael Jordan all over again. And, you know, it, um, it's, it's, it's great to watch, certainly, in, in these times to have it on TV. But I also have a little different bend on it as far as, like, uh, how much I'm enjoying it. Didn't you tell me that you were at the game where Weber called timeout? I was, I was, yeah. Oh my God! So, and then with these Pistons, did were you did you, did you ever see any? Did you ever go to any games like early, early, like early Rodman days? Uh, yeah, I remember him back in the day, and and just uh, for context, like the, the Pistons were um, a team that when I started getting into sports, I was about ten or eleven years old. They drafted Isaiah Thomas in '81. And they were a horrible team. They won 20 games that first year. So I watched them grow each year. So seeing Dennis Rodman and seeing him back in those days when he came in, it, it's such a it's such a, a departure from what he was to what he became in Chicago. He was such a, a good kid, a quiet kid, a hard worker. 
did. And he turned into this, just like, <laughs> but you know, he never lost that, that intensity. He no. still, when he was, when he was, mind was right. He was hardworking and, and diligent, played his role and a great champion. Do, do you think they, Jordan kind of made sure the editing went through to kind of put the Pistons in more negative light than most yeah. people would have had? Well, look, let me say this. When your production company is the one making the movie, <laughs> you, get the, you get the movie you want made. It, uh, and look, when you're Michael Jordan and the way the world works, you get to have things, you get to write history the way you want it written. And it's, it's tough now, guys your age, especially who weren't, you know, probably either very young or weren't alive when he was doing his thing. There were a lot of things about him that weren't, weren't good. And a lot of people who will tell you stories about him. And I don't even know how good of a person he is, to be honest with you. But he won six championships. He's the greatest basketball player ever. And that affords you a lot of latitude when it comes to how people look at you. Absolutely. What was your initial thought when Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons just walked off the court? Because that's what everybody's talking about. Well, I remembered, and Isaiah pointed it out in the documentary, that the Celtics, that's them when, when they lost. And the NBA was so different back then. It's hard to make people realize that, that you know, it was like, first of all, you had grown men not making as much money as they make now who – took it personally if they lost. So everybody was trying to compete super hard, super intensely. And so when that happened with Jordan, and I understand how he feels about it, because I think he wanted to have a passing of the torch and, hey, you guys did great and all that. But the Pistons had to go through so many roadblocks, had to deal with so much BS when they were trying to win a championship from the Lakers, from the, from the, from the, from the Celtics, that it, it was kind of like, hey, look, you won. It's your turn. I don't think there was any kind of, uh, a sense of like, uh, what's the right word? I don't want to say there was disrespect there, obviously, but I don't think they owe the Bulls anything more than that, which is to say it's your turn, have, have at it. Do you think that the Pistons, are, how great they were, really overlooked just because of the time oh. period when they won? Oh, yeah. Look, the NBA is all about stars. And if you are, my issue with it is that if you're not in a big market or you're not like, you're not having, even now today with LeBron or KD or whoever, you see it like the teams that are in Utah or Milwaukee or wherever, Charlotte, they don't get nearly as much exposure as, as the bigger market teams. So I think that, that for me, being a Pistons fan, I, I know I can speak for a lot of people in that regard is that, you know, they are not nearly remembered for their value um, and, and what they accomplish as they should be. Do you, do you think Jordan had them put in the little soundbite of um, Bobby Knight uh, c- celebrating him early on just as a dig as I did, as I Thomas? That's possible. It's possible. I wouldn't put it past him. What I would have liked to have seen Jordan do is take ownership of the whole dream team deal. Yeah. Because all the things that happened, look, I feel like I got to watch my team win two championships and they beat the Bulls for three years. It's like, I don't feel bitter about the experience watching it, but I, but I do feel like Isaiah Thomas really got screwed in that regard. And, and you can say at the end of his career, but so was Magic, so was Larry Bird, a lot yeah, of those yeah. guys were. And for for John Stockton, for for Clyde Drexler, for- Leitner, Leitner, Leitner. Leitner, guys who hadn't won championships, guys who hadn't accomplished nearly as much as Isaiah Thomas, it, it just – the NBA, Michael Jordan, own it and just say, yeah, I didn't want him on the team because, you know, I didn't like the guy. 
I would have loved to see, and I don't know if he would have done it, like to play for another international team, like you sometimes see now with these the guys playing. I think like the kid, I forget the kid's name, Scotty Wilbekin of Florida a couple of years ago. He was playing for another team. If Isaiah was like, "Hey, Croatia, you guys, you guys need a one," and he get come comes on there, just him, 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 and they're just kind of just going at it, like it'd be good. But I can see why Isaiah is still bitter. Like it's it's arguably the greatest, but the most well put together team ever. And Isaiah Thomas clearly should have been on the team, and just wasn't. And it's even twenty years later, he you can tell he's still. Bitter. And and you can tell Jordan, you know Jordan had some say in that. Jordan probably said, if he's there, I'm not. And you, you know it's happened. But it's there wild. There's some people who will argue about who was a better point guard, John Stockton or Isaiah Thomas or whoever else you want to put in. And at least yeah. Mike Jordan said that. He said, look, after Michael Johnson, Isaiah Thomas was the best point guard yeah. ever in my life. And he, and he, well, he had games. And I tell people, go back and watch game six of the 88 NBA Finals when he scored 25 points in the third quarter on a, on a really poorly spread, mad and sprained ankle. I mean, this guy was an amazing, amazing basketball player. Yeah, and I always say that he kind of had to he, – he, Isaiah could have done more, but he wanted to spread the wealth around a lot, and I feel like maybe that. Also, Stockton, if you could say, oh, he's got the assist numbers, he's got the steals numbers, he doesn't have the rings. Yeah. Isaiah does the rings. That's wild. And then, so looking forward to this NFL year, um, schedule's coming out soon. Are there any games you're just – if there's one game on the slate that's going to happen, which one are you most excited to see for the first game of the year? Uh, the first game of the year or just the entire year? Uh, for the entire year, which game are you marking your calendar? You know, I'm looking for it because the Chiefs are going to play the AFC South, so they'll see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to see Tom Brady and that new, newly uh, re- rejiggered Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense going against Patrick Mahomes and their offense. I think that's going to be – a heck of a game just because, you know, I was a little bit on the fence about how much of an impact Brady would make on Tampa based on what they had when he got there. Now they have Gronkowski. They've got the left tackle. They had a good draft. I mean, they're going to be a pretty good team. Yeah. And then also it could be a preview because the Super Bowl is in Tampa. Yeah, so, <laughs> so if, 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 if maybe you can look at it two ways, you could say, okay, if, if Tampa during the regular season does somehow muster victory, that's fuel. For Mahomes to say, you know what, you got that one, but we're gonna we're gonna let you coast to the end of the season. We're gonna let you coast into February, and then we're gonna beat you at home, and then you can retire. So yeah. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. That's awesome. And then so um, I'm trying to think. I think I have one more. There's one more initial question for you. Oh yeah. So so, so, so I'm in the D- D.C. area right now. What type of impact do you think Chase Young can have on this team? I think a lot of tremendous impact. I mean, anytime you get. And edge rusher, you know, they've got some good defensive pieces. Ron Rivera, the defensive-minded head coach, uh, you know, it's going to help the quarterback have a little more success if you can create turnovers, if you can uh, get teams off the field. And so, look, he was the one guy in the draft that you knew was a no-brainer captain. You know, if, he, if he's not a Pro Bowl player within two years, something's wrong. He's that much of a difference maker. And in today's NFL, the way the ball's being thrown – it's either quarterback, it's either receiver, it's either someone to protect the quarterback or someone to get after the quarterback and, and the corners. So you, you saw that in the draft. You saw any of those positions, offensive tackle, corner, receiver, quarterback, uh, edge rush. Those were the guys that were going fast because that's how you win games in the NFL today. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's an exciting time to be a Redskins fan. Hopefully he can bring some of the fans back into the stadium, especially since he's a local kid. I think they always love that angle. I think they like that angle more than people think. If you look at their roster, up and down their roster, it's almost like, yeah, it's like, okay, Haskins, Haskins is local. Young is local. 
Fuller's local. Sean Smith is local. And I'm like, all right, we'll, yeah. we'll see what you're doing. But yeah, but this has been a lot of fun. Um, how can people find you on social media to follow you? Basically, just go, you type in my first and last name, and it's going to be the only thing that pops up because I'm the only guy out there that I know. There's another Jeffrey Chidea out there, you know, God help him. Yeah. J E F F R I C H A D I H A will do it. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. Uh, those are the main places you can find me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I just wanted to thank you again for taking the time. I know you must be really busy. I know the schedule's coming out today. I mean, you guys must be going nuts because we're trying to figure out all, all, everything. And I know it's going to be, a, I think they said they're trying to get Belichick's dog on the show. But that, that, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know if you might be busy. This has been a lot of fun. I just wanted to thank you again. I hope family stays safe. Everybody stays safe. We get COVID and regain some normalcy. Football season coming around the corner, but hopefully everybody can better get back to where we're